Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Welcome, happy Friday. This week, I am talking with you about the power of telling stories. I know that sounds kind of weird when it comes to business, but you're going to see just how powerful storytelling can be when it comes to sales. Before that, you have a couple of weeks left. So this Friday and next Friday, well, actually until February 29th, to leave a review for the Craft to Career podcast and be eligible, entered to get a one-on-one coaching call. All you have to do is swipe up the thumb, tap and leave a review on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also write a review in the Apple Podcast app and send me an email. Send that email to hello at quilterscandy.com and just let me know that you left a review and you will be entered and eligible to win a one-on-one coaching call. I'll be offering that to a handful of people and it's for 45 minutes. It can be on whatever you want, anything business related. And you can decide if you want that to just be a conversation for the two of us or if you want that to be a future podcast episode. So go ahead and leave a review for the podcast. I'm so excited to see how many people have been applying and leaving reviews and reading as you email me, you know, what your different stories and scenarios are. So thank you so much for applying. And if you haven't yet, be sure to do that by the end of February 2023. So let's chat about the power of stories. Now that I know this, so I've been in business now for, I don't know, what, eight years? Um, I've been studying business that entire time and even before that. One of the most surprising things to me was to learn about the power of storytelling. And it shouldn't be that surprising. We as human beings love story. And I don't know if it's wired in our brains because, you know, back in the day we had to tell stories in order to tell messages through generations and it helps us remember things. But I don't know, think about for you, if you're listening to a speaker and they're kind of talking and then all of a sudden they tell a story and our brains perk up, our ears perk up. We're like, oh, wait, what? In fact, uh, Darren Hardy, he has a podcast called like Daily with Darren. And I was very daily with that for a while. And he has some great messages and content. He always starts with a story. He's a master storyteller, and he's really good at it. And I just kind of now noticed that a lot of people who are really good at sales and selling, they're really good at storytelling. And there are some some specific things about storytelling that we're going to talk about today that will help you learn how to tell stories, what kinds of stories to tell, 
And first, I am going to share a story that is an example of the power of stories in regards to selling. This is from a book called Stories That Stick. I saw this in the airport one time, and I was, you know, deep in the trenches of studying all things business. And I saw this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting that to read because I I need to learn more about this. The author is Kendra Hall. And just at the very beginning, like this is in the introduction, she's talking about she and her husband. And I'm just going to tell you the story. So she and her husband are in Europe, I want to say like Norway, Scandinavia, somewhere. And they were out walking. And she's like, just so you know, my husband hates shopping. Like we'll do anything to avoid it. He never buys anything, not online, not in person. He he just is not a shopper. So they're walking and she looks in this window and she sees these amazing sparkly silver glittery shoes. She's like, I'm going in to look at those. So he goes in reluctantly and kind of stands in the corner trying to hide. And little does he know he's standing by this fragrance counter. So she said, unfortunately, the shoes were atrocious. So she goes to leave. And as she goes back up to find her husband, this sales clerk appears like out of nowhere. And he's like, oh, excuse me, sir, and starts speaking to her husband. Were you looking for a scent? And she's like, oh, no, this poor kid has no idea. This My husband is the least interested in not just scents, cologne, but any kind of shopping. She tries to intervene and like, no, no, we're good. He's not interested. But the sales clerk, he just wasn't deterred. He was like, well, here. And he removes this delicate navy and white striped box from the upper shelf. And he's like, this is our best seller. And they're bracing themselves to like, you know, get sprayed or smell a scent that's in the air. But this salesman was a master storyteller. And you're going to see the power of that in just a second. So he doesn't even open the box. Instead, he just puts the unopened package down on the countertop. And then he starts to tell a story. He says, this is eight and Bob. In 1937, a young, handsome American college student was touring the French Riviera. At 20 years old, there was something special about him. Everyone who met him, they just knew he is a rising star. One day, this young man was out and about the town when he encountered a Frenchman by the name of Albert Fouquet, a Paris aristocrat and a perfume connoisseur. Of course, the young man, he didn't know this. All he knows is that the man smells incredible, incredible. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Being quite charming, the ambitious American convinces Fouquet, who never sold his sense, to share a small sample of that irresistible cologne. As you can imagine, when this young man returned to the States, the other, you know, other people smelled him and they were like, my goodness, where did you get this? The young man knew he was on to something. So he wrote to Fouquet, imploring that he could send eight more samples and one for Bob. You see, Bob was the young man's brother and the young man, well, you probably know him as John or simply Jay. And he started to trail off and the husband who doesn't love shopping, he finished for him and whispered, FK. So JFK. Yes, the clerk nodded. The young man in question was none other than John F. Kennedy, and the sample was for his brother, Robert. So at this point, the author is like, I'm not even involved in what's going on. She kind of was stepping back and just admiring the storytelling and how this husband who hates buying anything was entranced in this story. 
So the clerk goes on and says, indeed, of course, as you know, international relations weren't always easy between the United States and France. And though I'm no history expert, I do know that shipping bottles of cologne became increasingly more difficult. So in order to protect the final shipments from the Nazis, the last few bottles were hidden in books. And then right then on cue, the clerk opens the box that he'd taken from the shelf and voila, in the box was a book. He opened the book and there nestled inside the pages was this bottle of cologne hidden. And the husband was like, I'll take it. So that right there, end of story. And you can see me even hearing that story. I'm like, that is so cool. Because all of a sudden that box of cologne, that cologne is not just any old cologne. That story makes it so cool. And I've seen it in my own life. Like my husband the other day, I don't even remember what it was, probably some food we were eating, but he was like telling me the story of it. And I just, I couldn't even pay attention to the story. I was like, man, that worked really well for him. He loved the story. So the power of story, it really is powerful. And if you don't believe me, please just do, (laughs) but start to pay attention as you hear other people tell stories in their business. And we'll talk about four different kinds of stories that you can tell as a business owner or that you can notice from other businesses. But stories can be so simple and so short, but so powerful. So I like to think of in our world of quilting, pretty much every fabric line has a story that goes with it. And it's intentional. Like my very first collection was called Gail Lorraine, named after my mom and fabrics that were nostalgic of my childhood and my mother. And the fabric line that's just about to come out, Bedtime Stories, it's all from stories that I was told as a child that I loved and created this magical world. So you'll see like Peter Rabbit, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, And even that, like, that is a story in a story, right? So fabric lines, there's always going to be a story there and because that sells more. And in fact, I just was recently a guest to a guild. I did like a virtual guild meeting. And as part of that, I shared my next fabric collection and I showed my one of my patterns that I'm making And just the story behind it, you know, the meaning, the design, what went into it. And before my eyes, I could see the power of this. I was like, oh my gosh, they are connected to me in this fabric line on a level that I have never achieved before. Granted, it's only my third line, but it was really cool to see. And I will be doing a free online virtual, like come and see my next fabric collection. And I'll give you a sneak peek at the patterns because because it was so powerful. I could see all of a sudden, I'm just sharing the story of what went into that fabric collection, what the theme is, what the stories are that are in that collection, and then sharing the pattern design, how I did it. Here are all the different sketches. Here's what it started off as. Here's how it ended as. Why, you know, they look this way. And it was just so fun. It was fun for me. And I could see them connecting and asking questions. And where can I get this? When does it come out? And I mean, different other things that they were saying, but I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. This is so much better than just sitting down and like giving facts. You know, it's a story that they are connecting with. So let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of stories that you can tell. 
So remember, stories help customers connect with you. And like we talked about, when you hear a story, your brain opens on another level and it remembers things way better. Like think of studying for a test and you have to just memorize facts. Very boring. It's short-term memory. It's just rote memorization. However, you throw in a story and all of a sudden you remember the story and you remember facts because it's part of a story. So it's the same with your business. If there's a story that goes with it, people will remember that. So let's start number one. There is the founder's story. So the founder means the person who started the company and their story is how they started that business. So one of my favorite examples is Sarah Blakely of Spanx. She talks about how she had $5,000 and a red backpack and she went and like invited herself into the Neiman Marcus sales board. And she was like, just come with me into the bathroom. I need to show you because they weren't catching the vision of her Spanx, you know, underwear. So she invited this woman to come in the bathroom and she showed her her like Spanx, basically. And the woman was like, okay, that's amazing. And then she, once they got in Neiman Marcus, she would go on the store floor and move her packages up near the front of the register so that people would see them. I mean, she was scrappy and she worked so hard and she did things that most people would be like embarrassed to do, but she, she was relentless in a fun way, in a Sarah Blakely sort of way, you know? And so now if I see like skims or I don't, other shapewear, when in doubt, I will go with Spanx because I have this connection now that Sarah Blakely has no idea who I am, but I have very, you know, the story is right there. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're going with Spanx because I know her story. That is her founder's story. So for you, how did you start your business? Why did you start it? What struggles did you encounter when you were starting your business? What things could you tell people that bring up emotion, whether like nostalgic, loving, hardships that you persevered? And there's a fine line, you know, you don't want to like sound too, what's the word I'm looking for, egocentric. You don't want to like talk about yourself too much. But you want to let people know just a little bit about your story so that they can connect with you and feel um, like they know you and have kind of an allegiance to your brand. So you want to be relatable. You want to be personable. And just know that your founder's story, this is something that while you've heard it and you've told it over and over, you're going to continue to tell it over and over. And so while you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm telling this again, People are hearing it for the first time. So to keep that fresh and relevant and maybe even add in a few new details each time you tell it so that for you telling it, it feels, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Genuine. It feels genuine. So that's the first type of story is your story as the founder. And I say yours. I mean, if you have a team, they can also tell your story too. And it can be just as powerful. I think... um, a great example of this is Chicken Salad Chick. So Brad and I were listening to How I Built This, the podcast, and the founder of Chicken Salad Chick was telling her story and very touching, you know, a hard time. I am pretty sure she was going through a divorce and she was just cooking chicken salad from her house and perfecting it and getting it so that people just loved it. And she names each one after influential women in her life. 
And she talks about when these big men come in and they're like, can I get the the number four? And she's like, it's the fancy Nancy. Yes, you can have the fancy Nancy. <laughs> and they're like embarrassed to say it. Um, but just hearing her story, her founder's story, we were like, we've got to find a chicken salad chick. And then they opened one right in our neighborhood, like the week after. We're like, oh my gosh. And so we feel connected to that store, that food chain, simply because we heard the founder tell her story. So pretty powerful. That's the first type. The second type is the value story. So the value story is where you are portraying to your customer the value of your product. So what's boring is to give someone a list and say, this is a good use of your time. You are going to get 10 lessons. You will get 30 minutes of this. You will get a workbook. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. I mean, yes and no, but you're not going to sell them by telling them a list of what's included. What will sell is the story of a transformation. So for example, and I talked about Nicole from Gardenary Co., Her Instagram is a perfect example of this, and I'm trying to evolve mine into more of that. But she just has beautiful gardens and like shows how to eat her garden vegetables, how to make an omelet and incorporate the vegetables. She goes out in her garden five minutes every day. You can see she lives a healthy, natural lifestyle. As I see that, that's what I picture in my life. I'm like, oh, I would love to have that kind of garden. I would love to be able to go out and just pick my own herbs and fresh vegetables and just eat those. That is selling. That's a story right there just by showing. And even there's another Instagram person I follow whose name I can't remember, but she has just amazing flowers all over. And I watch her Instagram and I'm like, yeah, I would love that life. I would love to walk out in my backyard and just have flowers everywhere hanging and just walk through this beautiful floral whatever, you know. That is selling a transformation. That is telling a story right there by saying, get my product and this is what happens. You experience this, you will feel this. You are showing and not telling what your product can do. In fact, when I, I don't even remember if this, anyhow, I've studied, you know, English literature and I wanted to write fiction. And I remember one of my teachers at some point saying, show, don't tell in your writing. And I was like, huh, I need examples. And he said, for example, let's say that you're writing about a really devastating war that's going on. And you could say, you could tell people like it was devastating. It really hurt the people in the neighborhoods. The children were, I don't know, emotionally scarred. It's kind of boring. I mean, it's informational, right? You're telling them these things. But he's like, here, let me show you how you can show this instead of just tell people. And he said, you paint this picture. It's late at night. There's a fire going on in a a building and a child is lost and stumbles out the door and is crying, mom and spots their teddy bear in the street. And the stuffing is coming out, and it's half burnt, and the child grabs the teddy bear and cries. All of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, that's devastating. That poor child, they can't find their parent. It's dark. Their house is burning down. Even their teddy bear is, like, torn apart. You have now described the devastation, the trauma, all of that, without telling them there was so much devastation. It was very traumatic. 
you show that. You show it by painting that picture. So that's what you want to do with your business as well. Instead of telling people the value, like, this will be the best money you could ever spend, show them, like, show them the gratitude or show them the outcome that you would get. For example, with my quilt pattern writing course, I will show them me packaging up my patterns and putting them in the mail, getting an order of 200 patterns and shipping them off, Um, you know, showing them the result, like walking into a quilt shop and seeing my pattern hanging up. So that is painting a picture. And that is so much more powerful than any kind of words that I could spew out of my mouth or type on a page. So that is story right there, which is visual. Uh, And it shows a transformation. And that's really great when it comes to, you know, social media and all of that. We can use those pictures. But even like I mentioned with that story, you can use it in words too. So like if I were to write on my sales page, on my web page, instead of saying like, when you take my course, you will learn how to write quilt patterns. And it can be such a proud feeling for you. That just feels boring and flat. Instead, I would say something like, imagine walking into a quilt shop and seeing your quilt patterns hanging on the wall and seeing people buy your pattern. Imagine getting an order from a wholesaler, from Brewer or Checker or Moda, ordering a hundred of your patterns. So just letting them paint a picture of things that happen. Um, You know, imagine publishing your first book, things like that, that instead of just saying, the boring facts, you help them really see what the outcome and the transformation is. So that's number two, the value story. We have the founder's story, the value story. Number three is the customer's story. So this is rather than pointing out your example of what's happened to you, the transformation that you have, or that a customer could potentially have, You will show real case scenarios of people who have purchased that thing and how it has transformed their life. And this is so powerful because anyone can write. You could be an amazing writer, an amazing marketer. And I think we're all a little bit more skeptical because we've experienced that. How many of us have bought from some ad on Instagram or wherever and the product came and it's total crap? And you're like, geez, they duped me. So we're all a little more skeptical. So now I, whenever I see an ad that calls to me, I go and I Google and I look at the reviews and Yelp. I mean, all of us, any, anytime I buy a course or anything, I go and look at the testimonials that they have. And I, if it's a high ticket thing, I will reach out to some of those testimonial people and just have a conversation with them. Like, Hey, can you just tell me like for real, how was it? Because we are all so skeptical of anyone can write anything they want. And if you're a really good writer, you might get people to buy. But how do I really know if it's good? By hearing from your past students and past customers. So sharing those success stories in their own words, their own transformation, that is super, super powerful and important when it comes to sales. So that's the third one is the customer story. And then the the fourth and the final one is the purpose story. So this is you sharing your purpose. This is so that you can help find people who are aligned with your purpose. So for example, the quilt pattern writing course, I hope to empower entrepreneurs 
predominantly female who feel like, oh, I can't really be a breadwinner, or maybe I don't have a college degree, or I stay home, I have kids, this is a hobby for me, can I actually earn money with this? To empower that, yeah, you actually really can. You don't have to be a starving artist. You don't have to let these big companies be the big money earners. We as the consumer are the best person who knows our industry. So why not be the ones who are earning money in the industry? You can earn an income and it can build confidence. And so that's, I'm very passionate about that. And so I want to let people know that so that we can be aligned. And if they are attracted to that, then that's super powerful. That it's one of those almost like, I mean, it's not a founder story, but it's in a way connecting people to me on a very deeper level, which is, of course, the power of story. So those are the four types of stories that we talked about. The value story, the founder's story, the customer story, and the purpose. And I hope that you see and feel just how powerful this is. Now, it's one thing I know because I I do this, like... I will be talking or giving a lesson or whatever. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is, I can feel it's getting boring. It is time to give a story. It takes time. It takes practice, but it's a really good idea for you to jot down like notes on your phone or, or somewhere where you can easily pull it up and write down experiences and stories that you've had in your business. Like what was your founder story? How did you start your business? What is the purpose of your business? Why do you do what you do? What are customers' stories of success? You know, start gathering those. Ask your customers if they would be willing to share their experience and gather, collect, and save that. And the more you're in business, the more you'll understand the value and the transformation that your customers get when they buy your product. So one cautionary thing here. When you do tell a story, just really think about it ahead of time. Evaluate what the point of the story is. Keep it short. Keep it simple and to the point. Otherwise, it can really backfire. It can really make a person look egotistical, very like you focused and not focused on your customer. So just make sure that you really think about the stories that you tell ahead of time that you know, oh, right, this is really going to show the transformation. This is really going to show the value of what my customer is buying. And if you are going to tell anything about yourself, make sure that it relates to your customer. Like one of the biggest, biggest mistakes that I see is people talking about themselves in a non-productive way. So for example, I've seen, um, I don't know, and this is just across the board, like in all industries, um, So I'm not like, maybe you've seen this or anything. I don't want you to think, anyhow, whatever. I just, I really study this kind of thing. So I notice things. But um, yeah, when people are like, oh my gosh, I just sold my 100th pattern. That's amazing. I can't believe how much my business has grown. Your customers do not care. I mean, maybe they'll be like, oh, cool, congrats. But that will not translate to sales. That's really something for you to celebrate behind closed doors. Unless, unless you are selling how to sell patterns, then that is very relevant because you're like, holy crap, I learned how to sell 100 patterns. Let me show you how to do that. But if you simply sell patterns, 
it serves you not at all. It actually hurts you to talk about like, yay, I did this milestone. That's not public facing. That is not marketing. That is private celebration. And other people like I'll see with reels, like I live my dream job. I love it. Not appropriate. And again, unless you are selling a way and you're teaching people how to have that kind of job, then don't be talking about it because you should really only be talking about your product, how it's going to change your customers' lives, the value that it brings, the purpose of it. And when I say your founder's story, now that could get a little confusing, like, but wait, what if I, what if that is part of my founder's story? So the founder's story should really be, like I said, short, sweet, to the point. It should really help people to connect with you on an emotional level of like, wow, they overcame some hardships. They persevered. They really trusted in this product. They did everything they could to get that product out into the world. And I want that product. So it really ultimately ties into how does this benefit the customer? So anytime you're just tooting your own horn and talking about how great things are for you or how hard things are for you, that should be behind closed doors. Because anything you're telling your customer, it should be so that they can paint that picture. Like I talk about with gardenery, you picture yourself in the garden. You picture yourself like, man, I really want to grow those vegetables. But if Nicole were to come on and be like, I'm so excited. I just did this and this and this, me, 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 me. All of a sudden, I can't, I'm not picturing myself in that anymore. It's me picturing Nicole. And while that's cool for her, and I'm not a jerk, I'm not like, oh, I don't care. No, we're not like that. But it it is all of a sudden not a business. It becomes like more of a buddy where you're like, oh, good job, friend. But we are business owners. We want to have people buy our product. So we're just talking about what's relevant to our customer. And sometimes like I've also seen people who are like, I charged this much and this is why. And they talk about like, how much time they put into to making something, how much cost, blah, blah, blah. Your customers do not care. Your customers, the last thing they care about, what they care about is what's in it for them. So charge whatever you want. But if you want people to buy it, you will have to show them why this is a value to them at that price. Because if it's just that's a charity. Like if you are saying, oh, I've done this. And so you owe me that money. As a customer, we don't owe anyone anything. We buy stuff because we want to buy it. Or else, like I said, it is a charity. And there is a place for that where you can go and donate to a charity, but but it's not a business. And so as a business owner, it is our job to show our customers the value of what you are selling why they need it. And telling a story is such a powerful way. So like that perfume at the very beginning, simply because there was a story attached to it, and that would I would say is like a founder's story, that founder's story made it invaluable. You know, I mean, how many times have you seen a product and you've seen the transformation it makes and you're like, I'll pay whatever, just I've got to have it. That is our goal, to create, to write that story for our customers so that they have to have what we are selling. So thank you so much for being here on the Craft to Career podcast. I really hope that some of the things you heard today sparked some ideas for you, whether it's on your sales page or it can even just be in the photos and the videos that you put on social media. 
Uh, however, however you show up in your emails, story is applicable everywhere. And it can also be so short, you know, it can be so short, like in a three second reel, you can cover a story of like, here's how it started and here's how it ended. Show a pile of fabric and then a quilt at the end. That's a transformation right there where your customer will be like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I want to take this pile of fabric I have and make that amazing quilt as well. So it doesn't have to be complicated, but it is so, so powerful. So I wish you the best of luck with your storytelling. And if you get a chance to check out that book, Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall, it does not disappoint. It goes into a lot more detail into those kinds of stories with examples. And then also just don't forget January, nope, February, (laughs) the last day of February. And I think it's a leap year, right? So February 29th is the last day for you to leave a review to be eligible for a one-on-one coaching call. Just send me an email, hello at quilterscandy.com and let me know that you left a review either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you are entered. So thank you so much. I will see you next Friday with a brand new episode and have a wonderful week. 